Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's today treating you, man? It's going really well. I've been really excited about this episode for a while, and so I'm excited to really dive into it. Yeah, it's been a busy day full of storms and power outages and show docs that aren't wanting to go well. It's It's been a busy day at the third party, but like Henry said, we got an awesome topic. Today we are talking tacticals versus ultimates, their application, and the idea of what a real cooldown what might be. And how do you truly define a legend with these abilities? Before we do that, though, we want to make sure you join our Discord to chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. link for that is in our description. If you enjoy the third-party podcast and want more of it, please consider joining our Patreon community. We play with our patrons, have an entire library of bonus episodes, and each month do a discussion podcast with each and every one of our patrons. It'd be wonderful to have your support there. We really appreciate everybody who has done so. Appreciate the support. Okay, we got a little news. So this news isn't particularly, you know, Saturday episodes, we don't always do news, but this is more so something we wanted to talk about on Wednesday, but didn't really have the time to fit into the show. So it's getting slid over to Saturday today. And that is the topic of balancing. Just a very hot topic as of late. Lots of people on socials are talking about this is the most balanced game we've ever seen, pointing towards the lack of balancing changes made by the team this season in terms of legends as a huge portion of that reasoning. Uh, and we reached out to the balance, one of the balance designers at Apex, and he iterated that same concept to us. And so we kind of wanted to discuss it because it is just so, so popular right now. At least the two of us feel like we can't scroll through our socials or talk to people in our community without the concept of balancing for the season coming up. Um, and because of that, we just wanted to discuss it because by all means, we're super happy with the season. Team put out a great season with a new map, smooth as heck. Servers did a great job, like incredibly proud about that. Uh, and so we just really wanted to point to these lack of changes, the legend changes, which we discussed two weeks ago a little bit, and the reasoning for the balancing and why it may or may not make sense. So we always think that Apex has been balanced, very balanced from top to bottom, especially when you compare it to other shooters in the genre. Yes, there are your outliers here and there all the time. You know, somebody gets too weak, somebody gets too strong, a weapon, same thing, you know, balancing. That's when that comes into place. And our discussion with the designers on what balancing has been is more so not this like, okay, we got to fix these outliers here and there, but we want to balance to attempt to push the meta in another direction to keep the game fresh. The rise of a certain gun is not an accident each and every season. And that's kind of the important thing we wanted to note when we're talking about, well, when we're seeing a lack of changes, you know, we're actually seeing a lack of maybe desire to push the meta in a direction, not saying that is a good or a bad thing. Um, and we love the game because they do this, because they keep the game fresh and push changes each and every direction. And so we did think it was odd that in this most recent season, uh, we didn't get a lot of legend changes. And, you know, it does make some sense, you know, especially with pro players whose, you know, entire livelihood hinges on understanding every single aspect of the game. They went out and absolutely have praised the devs for this very balanced season and a lack of changes. But I know you wanted to discuss some of the legend changes that we think still need to be done as to not maybe 
giving them the full praise about this coming season and the lack of changes being particularly the best thing for the game. Yeah, Long-winded, I, mean, I apologize. <laughs> no, I, I think I really appreciate the idea, and I agree. I think that I just want to stress the point that we are happy that most people are happy. Like, yes. There is nothing but positivity about this season in terms of game balance. That is good. What I think we're trying to iterate is the fact that the game holistically has been really, really well balanced all the time. Like Mm -hmm. when we think about when there are outliers, those are purposely done. Like the Eva being in a strong like spot, Mm -hmm. purposeful. Same with the L star. But when it comes to the changes each season, we're not sitting at the end of every season talking about, wow, the game is so bad. The legends really need mm-hmm. a lot of work. Hopefully there'll be changes next season. We're more along the lines of, wow, I'm really interested on who they give attention this next season yeah. so that we yeah. can have a little bit of that fresh gameplay this season. Not the case. You know, mm-hmm. if you were just focusing on Watson, who has a really low pick rate, you're not really making a big impact on the game balancing for the season. Some legends that, you know, come to the top of the mind that we know are kind of in the works, but we didn't see anything this season. So I'm not really sure. We we what I'm saying is we know essentially one person was behind the changes of Watson. What mm-hmm. is the rest of the team doing on the balancing side based off the results we got? Seer needs attention desperately. He came out really fun, really powerful. Now he's less popular than Fuse. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Pathfinder needs some sort of special passive. It's just a box you have to check. I know we don't want to get him too high. I know we don't want to give him something crazy, but he needs something and he needs an out. And then Crypto really needs some sort of at least verbalization that, all right, there's an idea here. Mm-hmm. A lot of people know that that is in the work, that some sort of rework change, holistic improvement is happening, but it's just is a little odd that we only got one this season. It's never happened before. This is the least amount of balancing changes we've ever had. And what we're saying is that's not necessarily good, but it also doesn't mean that the game is bad. And it also doesn't mean that the game has ever been bad. So (laughs) we just want more balancing to be done because it's healthy for the game and Mm -hmm. not having the balancing done might be on the side of unhealthy i think the the way i like to put it into perspective at least for me to understand and maybe this will resonate with someone listening or watching nowadays hello is that if you are hyped about this season because of the map that's awesome i am too imagine if we didn't have the new map this season you would be very underwhelmed by the balancing changes that came through this season. And as far as we know, and we could, like, if someone, if a developer wants to come on the show and tell us we are totally wrong, as far as we know, the people that work on the map and the people that work on the legends are separated. And so uh, I think it's more so just us trying to cover the bases and explore the topic that we see being floated around everywhere on socials right now, and just throw our two cents into the conversation because. That's why we got a podcast, essentially. <laughs> Isn't that right? But anything else, or do you want to dive right into the main topic? Let's do it. Let's get into okay. it. So we're going to be talking tacticals versus ultimates. Fun one. A potential new measurement 
for potential new Mastering the Legends. We'll see if this one comes full circle, if people like it. Uh, I'm really excited to dive into this one. Feel free to take the lead on this. So Apex Legends is a shooter-first game. The gunplay reigns supreme, and the game is designed so that deaths aren't really caused by abilities the vast majority of the time, but rather through the use of weapons. That's great. I think everybody loves that. Mm -hmm. It's a gun game. But that being said, the legends are more than just a sprinkle on top of Apex. Mm -hmm. And let me just say that the game is called Apex Legends (laughs) for a reason. And that's awesome. You know, it's the first choice you make whenever you're going to be playing Apex. Mm -hmm. And it's the only thing that you really have control over is your legend and the team composition. Everything else from the drop location to the optic choice is one that you can only attempt to control based off the dozens of variables at play in a BR. And today, really, what we want to do is break down the abilities in Apex Legends, which ones compete against each other, and then what is the separation between tacticals and ultimates. And from these questions, I think we may learn about which legends are better than others at certain things, as well as some balancing traits used to keep the legends competitive. Yeah, I think this is a really cool conversation to have. Like you said, it's called Apex Legends. I always look at this game as, okay, it's not Overwatch in terms of abilities, but we're not at COD level where it is purely guns. We're we're sitting in the middle, even though I think we all will iterate that it is a gun game first, but legends do impact the game and we've all died because of legends abilities and that's kind of the important thing the abilities may enhance the guns in some ways not like not all of us are rampart but how we get from point a to point b to then shoot the weapon so yeah i think it's a cool discussion for sure apex is i think our favorite game because it hits the crossroad of you have the legends you have incredible gunplay and then you have incredible mm-hmm. movement and it's just the trifecta of fun and mm-hmm. today we're going to be getting into the ability side and the legend side but all three points of that triangle really are what make this game great so we're just kind of isolating that one portion today well let's uh let's break it down tax versus ults the first part is we split this into some categories and so we could compare the two uh, not the two, compare the abilities to one another based on how they are kind of used in the game. And there's some broad strokes here. And we're going to try and not make this be like an hour and a half episode because every time we talk about all the legends and all the abilities, we tend to get carried away. Uh, so I apologize if you are a huge fan of one character's abilities and it is not covered super in depth today. Uh, we're almost at 20 legends so we're getting to the point where we can't talk about everybody all at once yeah it's painful for us but (laughs) anyway essentially for tacticals versus ultimates sometimes there's overlap to their application so Mm -hmm. the first category that we're going to kind of hone in on is vertical mobility and the different legends that play a role in vertical mobility are horizon and her tactical loba's tactical Path's Tactical, Path's Ultimate, Octane's Ult, Ash's Ult, and Valk's Ult. Now, each of these very, very different like degrees of vertical mobility. Mm-hmm. Loba, much less than Valk. But, you know, you think about verticality, and the first thing I think of is Horizon. 
You know, it's a straight up a column of vertical mobility. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the definition. I think it's also interesting to look at her tactical per se when we're comparing it to others is you got Loba and Pass in there. Loba and Pass are very individual. And then Horizon does have the function to operate within the entire team when we're talking about the scope of the abilities. Yeah. So when we compare those three tacticals and we think about them in terms of what can they do? Mm -hmm. One of them is for the entire team. The others are solo. And then you look at the cooldowns on them and you say, okay, Horizon has a cooldown of 20 seconds and then it Mm -hmm. has a duration of 10 seconds. Compare that to Loba, who's sitting at 30 seconds for a solo ability and Pathfinder, who caps out at a 30 second ability for just him. Horizon really rises to the top of that in terms mm-hmm. of really dominating that vertical mobility. Yeah. And, and then when it comes to those ults, we're highlighted the Octane and the Valk because one, I mean, look at the map we're on right now, one balloon. And so Valk offers this huge mobility already that now is even more rare than ever. And so she's definitely going to get the nod and some popularity for it on that front. And Octane is, you know, there was some increase in the noise, but I think you and I are both on the same page that it offers still the same fantastic function that keeps Octane floating at the top of pick rate currently. Hard hard to challenge that in its current mm-hmm. state. And then other abilities that don't really fall into the tactical or ultimate, but honorable mentions for sure in terms of vertical mobility are Valk's passive and Revenant's passive. Both yeah. of them are solo, but pretty cool as kind of extra flavor and this idea of vertical mobility being added into different kits. And we've done full passive episodes, by the way, to anyone watching. And uh, if you're curious to go listen back, feel free and maybe we'll do it again soon. But we are focusing on the tacticals and ultimates today. Next category to look into, similar but very different, mm-hmm. horizontal mobility. And this can also be construed as speed. Just yeah. how are you going to get you or your team moving mm-hmm. faster laterally. The legends and abilities in this category are Octane's Tactical, Octane's Ultimate, Ash's Ultimate, Pathfinder's Tactical, Pathfinder's Ultimate, Bloodhound's Ultimate, Valk's Ult, and Loba's Tactical. Mm-hmm. A lot of repeat offenders here, yeah. but really the ones that rise to the top in terms of getting the entire team quickly across a horizontal plane with mm-hmm. a really competitive cooldown, have to be Octane and Ash. Yeah. I mean, Ash is at the point where we defined her as the speed legend, and she is that in this category horizontally at a crazy degree. You know, she doesn't have the versatility as the Octane pad to go higher, to adjust direction, but with that comes a little bit slower, and you're more you're not in the void. You're not invincible. And so she definitely gets highlighted here because of that. More so, she didn't hit the vertical category because the vertical use while there is still limited at times in terms of using the UI to the best you can and landing it on that same height versus that Octane ult versus a Pathfinder ult. Yeah, and all of this does come down to those in-game applications. You know, we can look at cooldowns, we're going to look at different features, but Honestly, this struggle between the Octane ult and the Ash ult, I'm really enjoying seeing it play mm-hmm. out in the public opinion. Um, I think we're both on the side that Octane still reigns supreme. The visibility, mm-hmm. the versatility, having it have unlimited duration are huge, huge features that Ash just does not compete with. 
you know, mm-hmm. when, yeah, you're invincible while going through the portal, but it's a, for a limited time, has a limited range, you're going in blind, mm-hmm. it's hard to get the team to really hit it at the exact same time where Octane kind of gives you a larger window, but Ash does have some advantages, like you said, totally. Jay. So mm-hmm. they're both kind of viable for this really powerful horizontal mobility, and they're both ultimates. Yeah, it's really interesting to discuss the two and look at them in that way. And I'm, I'm like you said, really dang excited to see how it continues to play out. If the Ash ult continues to, you know, maybe stay as a top tier legend right now in terms of pick rate. I mean, we'll check back yeah. in in a couple of weeks, but she's up there right now. Yeah, and I have to say, I guess we were talking about balancing at the top of the show, Valk. Probably the best legend we've ever seen to this day in terms of just balanced. Yeah. So yeah. healthy at the top of the middle of the pack. Like that's mm-hmm. exactly what you want to do. You want to add a legend with a completely like new and fun, diverse kit. That's exactly where you want her to settle so many seasons later. So it's looking pretty good on that front. We can only aim to emulate that. Her and Bang. Those have always been the two staples of That's Ooh. right right down the middle of the pack. Yep, nailing it. <laughs> Next category is area control. Now this may or may not come across as just a hodgepodge of abilities, but essentially our criteria is that in some way you're able to suppress an enemy or own an area. So it can mm-hmm. be area denial or area control is kind of the idea where you're either taking an area or you're denying it from another team. Mm-hmm. And the players involved are Caustic's Tactical, Caustic's Ultimate, Watson's Tactical, Watson's Ultimate, Rampart's Tactical, Revenant's Tactical, Bangalore's Tactical, Bangalore's Ult, Fuse's Tactical, Fuse's Ult, Gibraltar's Ultimate, Gibraltar's Tactical, Crypto's Ult, and Horizon's Ult. It does sound kind of hodgepodgey when you look at that, like kind as of. it is. But but we did highlight a couple, and two that we highlighted are Gibraltar's ult and Gibraltar's tactical. As the resident Gibraltar main, why don't you speak to that for a second here on why we kind of have those two as both parts of his kit being strong for this area control category? Yeah, I think that that Gibraltar ultimate is very very strong, mm-hmm. and the dome shield is equally strong, if not stronger. And Mm -hmm. you can use each of them independently to deny or control areas, but they also work really, really well together in different situations. Mm -hmm. Now, the Gibraltar Ultimate does sit among these others with the highest cooldown by a large, large margin. Mm -hmm. And it's one of only two ultimates on this list that really are only effective outdoors you know bangalore and gibraltar that's really Mm -hmm. where they make their money that is a negative when you Mm -hmm. look at just versatility equals power you can use something indoors versus outdoors but i still think we're going to give the edge to gibraltar just because most things go down outside Mm -hmm. you know rotations happen outdoors you know end circles always happen outdoors so it is what it is. Um, but some other kind of contenders, I think, on area control have to be at least Caustic's tactical. 
being able to put down so many barrels in an area and have them emit gas for 20 seconds each when triggered, it's really, really strong. I wish that more people knew that you could shoot the barrels before yeah. they inflate, mm-hmm. but they don't. So Ca- it's really strong. Caustic tactical is that versatility that like mm-hmm. Gibraltar's ultimate is lacking in that way, the inside versus outside. Because you can shoot those tacticals, you can use these one to block doors and really secure a house, or you can use it to, okay, we're holding a rock and a team's about to push us potentially, or someone's behind a rock. I'm going to toss a caustic trap out or and then shoot it immediately to get this gas going, and it's either going to, you know, kill or defend me and because it's hard to really hard to push somebody in gas he's very versatile in that way and is why he's uh his abilities making the list here another one or another criteria to look at is when we're talking about area control duration matters a lot like we said at the beginning of the show none of these abilities are really designed to get you knocks or to Mm -hmm. really command fights. They're definitely going to turn the tides in some cases, but they're not designed to really end things. But duration matters when you're talking Mm -hmm. about area control. And with this breakdown, Bangalore's tactical, the smoke has the highest duration. And honestly, it's not really close because each smoke lasts for 23 seconds. And she has two of them. Yeah. And each of them are on a 33 second cooldown. So if you're cycling these through, you can always, always have smoke in play, which nobody does, isn't Mm -hmm. really super effective. Yes, smoke can be countered. But when we're talking about area control, being able to cover that much area for that long is huge. Yeah. I've been playing a ton of bang this season for the first time, you know, it's very interesting to have to play with the smoke and be ready to one use it to the best of its can abilities but know that at any point a digital threat can really counter you and so it is a push and pull and it's good that it lasts there for a while because of that because if it didn't if it wasn't good in that sense then on top of the fact that it could be countered by an attachment you would start to not feel as good about it but because it lasts so long and in a lot of instances it's a gold site so it's not going to always be around you can get a lot out of the tech. So it's very, very nice and uh, one I like. I think this is a cool category for sure to look at holistically though. Yeah. Before we get into the rest of the show though, here's a little word from our sponsors. Welcome back. So now we are going to talk about a new measurement essentially called true cooldown. So I'm going to try and give a little bit of a definition and then I'll let you expand upon it and kind of dive into the legends and we can discuss. But for true cooldown, we wanted to try and put a measurement on the time between active and deactive abilities. So an ability may have a cooldown of X amount of seconds, but if the ability is active during the time it's cooling down, you may not notice that the cooldown time is long or vice versa. If an ability's cooldown doesn't start till after an ability has ended, it may feel longer. So hence the creation of the terminology true cooldown. This is going to be the time in which an ability is not active after being used. And we have the breakdown essentially of all the legends, which feel free to add on to that or we can dive right in. Yeah, it's it's an idea that I'm really excited about. Because Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about it for a while, this idea of, all right, 
some abilities, they trigger their cooldown instantly. Yeah. That affects their cooldown. We should be considering that because at the end of the day, a cooldown means how often can you have an ability active? And if an mm-hmm. ability is active during a cooldown, that's got to make an impact. Yeah. But it also cuts the other way. So mm-hmm. we looked at every single tactical and ultimate and did a little bit of an analysis. And first, let's look at kind of the tacticals and their true cooldowns. Who benefits from this new way of thinking about it and who mm-hmm. doesn't? So for true tacticals, Ash, Bangalore, Bloodhound, Fuse, and Lifeline have effectively shorter cooldowns than mm-hmm. their sticker price. One of the most notable is Lifeline. Yeah. Lifeline's sticker price cooldown on that tactical, the Dock Drone, is 45 seconds. It like knocks you back in your seat and you're like, mm-hmm. man, that is long. And it used to be longer. But it was half an ult for a lot of people. It's yeah, crazy. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of ridiculous. But the fact that the tactical actually lasts for 20 seconds, where you can be healing the whole team, doing whatever you need to do with it, essentially you can have the tactical active every 25 seconds, which mm-hmm. really puts it in line with many of the others and honestly makes it pretty competitive. So the true tactical metric, I think, gives a really good indicator to how fast is it? And mm-hmm. like we were talking earlier, Bangalore is also massively benefiting from this because the duration of the smoke cuts down the true tactical time to mm-hmm. only 10 seconds. Plus the fact- Plus she has two, yeah. That she got two. <laughs> yeah. So really, really good on that. Um, in terms of the tacticals that maybe don't benefit so much from the true tactical, Gibraltar, Horizon, Revenant, and Wraith all start their cooldowns after mm-hmm. the tactical is finished. This hits Gibraltar the most um, because- This was crazy to me to see. Like for the most impactful legend in the game and a lot of people's opinions, it's all a long time between getting that bubble or not. And it makes me feel bad every time I've been asking for the bubble whenever I'm playing with you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> bubble placement is key. We see it at the highest mm-hmm. level, but you're also going to feel it in your public matches. Like, you mm-hmm. have to choose when to put down the dome shield because you don't get these all the time. Uh, essentially, the duration is 12 seconds and the cooldown is 30 seconds, but it only starts after the bubble has disappeared. So, you're effectively getting a true tactical of 42 seconds. That's a lot. And that's mm-hmm. the longest tactical cooldown in the game. So, in terms of balancing you could say they're hitting it pretty hard the bubble is still incredibly powerful but from a number standpoint when we really boil it down gibraltar's tactical has a pretty long cooldown it's the longest in the game so hard to really add to that i think well walk me through some of the uh ultimates and get the same kind of number essentially to see how we can compare the two yeah so the true ultimate metric affects in a positive way ash fuse and mirage um i think my favorite out of these are the fact that mirage just has such little cooldown across the board it's yeah. ridiculous so number one the cooldown is the shortest in the game at 60 seconds for the ultimate mm-hmm. but the decoys will stay out after triggering the ultimate for 17 seconds unless they're destroyed Mm -hmm. 
And then if we tie back to the tactical, now it has a 15 second cooldown, but the decoys last for 60 seconds. So although that doesn't really fall into our category of a true tactical, because mm -hmm. it would go negative, um, you can have decoys all the time. And Mirage's ultimate and its true cooldown is very, very impressive. Um, but I think looking into Ash, just because she's new, the fact mm -hmm. that essentially she has a 105 second cooldown on moving the entire team is really, really good when we look at other legends and what that cooldown means. I mean, if you when you look at it like that and you see that Ash is highlighted in green and especially that means she's good, like she gets the positive side of this end for both the tactical and the ultimate, which fuses mm -hmm. as well. That's a really strong sign that when you're using these legends, you should be using these abilities as much as possible because they work yeah. to be used essentially. Yeah, you don't need to and you shouldn't be holding on to them trying to save them for a rainy day. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But legends on the other side of this coin that are hurt by the true ultimate metric are mm -hmm. Bangalore, Caustic, Gibraltar, Horizon, Lifeline, Revenant, Seer, and Wraith. Yeah. All of these legends, their cooldowns start after the duration. This is um, the first episode we're ever handing Gibraltar else. I can't believe we t decided to do this metric. <laughs> well, I don't really want to talk about Gibraltar very much because we want to keep him on a low profile. I don't only talk about it when it's negative now. Like yeah, that's, he's in a horrible he's the state. Worst. He's, yeah. He needs a buff, if anything. Well, I'll um, let you go, but can I just say something real quick on please. this? Because I think it's I think it's fascinating. We talked about the area control comparison earlier, and if you're comparing ults, we have three of or four of these ultimates: Gibraltar, Horizon, and then uh, Caustic. And my goodness, I'm losing it on the scroll. And uh, nope, just those three. Just those Bangalore. three: Gibraltar and Bangalore, who are all negatively affected by this by this true ultimate cooldown but fuse is affected positively and so when we start comparing the legends you got to give a point to fuse for the fact that in actual practice in game you're getting to use his ability a lot more often to control areas than some of his competitors and that's not something i've thought of until we really dove into the show it's big time for fuse mm -hmm. because it's almost twice as often you're going to be yeah. able to use a fuse um mother load than other area of effect abilities like mm -hmm. by and large i think it's also important to point out the fact that gibraltar horizon and revenant are both on the upper end of cooldowns when you think about true cooldown mm -hmm. honestly we think about our our apex legends history and we think all right gibraltar has been nerfed probably the most out of any legend like chipping away over time Horizon mm -hmm. got hit pretty hard. Revenant, they've been struggling with and hitting repeatedly. That kind of makes sense. Yep. You know, maybe their sticker values don't really tell the full picture, but we think about their duration and the true cooldown. We mm -hmm. see that, yes, there is clearly an effort made here to reduce the power of these abilities. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's fascinating to look at for sure. And uh, yeah, if you're over on the YouTube, hopefully you got some of these uh, images up on your screen <laughs> to reference. Anything right. else you want to cover though on this true cooldown kind of aspect before we kind of keep it rolling? You know, there are legends that aren't really impacted by it. 
you know, Octane is not impacted by true cooldown. You know, it's an instant start on the ultimate. It's still 90 seconds, so it doesn't mean it's bad. It's still mm-hmm. the fastest ultimate on this list, you know, like aside from Mirage. Um, and so it's a, this is not the end-all be-all, but I think when you use this as a place to compare, you get a lot more information. Yeah, um, yeah. There's two Legends ultimates that kind of stand out and are a little funky, and that's Rampart. So Rampart's mm-hmm. ultimate cooldown on that thing is really confusing. All right. It's 120 seconds after you place it. Now, are you placing it? When are you placing it? You mm-hmm. can put it back in your inventory and pull it back out if you have more ammo in it. So that one is kind of tough because maybe it has the best cooldown in the entire game, period. But are you going to use it? When are you going to use it? And how are you going to use that ultimate? Really define it. And then Please Valkyrie use it as much is as you also can. weird. Like- Definitely. People don't do it enough. <laughs> I really, really recommend Rampart and using mm-hmm. Sheila strategically. It's totally. hard, but very, very rewarding. Mm-hmm. The other kind of weird one is Valkyrie. And her ultimate, it has a cooldown of 180 seconds, which is really middle of the pack. Very powerful ultimate. We're big fans here of Valk. Um, mm-hmm. But its cooldown starts when you hit the ground. And that really depends on where you're going and what you're doing. Yeah. So establishing that true cooldown is definitely up in the air like Rampart. Yeah. I think this is a really cool number though. I think it offers a lot of perspective, not only when comparing Legends abilities and seeing the, you know, the good versus the bad on which side they fall, but also just looking at, you know, whose Legends, whose abilities should you be using as much as possible? And that's kind of what I think true cooldown can measure for you is if you, in a gun game, want to play in a Legend where your abilities are truly active as much as possible take a look at fusey like really he's in practice you will have a lot of fire and knuckle clusters always out there on the ground (laughs) it's really cool yeah have to agree let's keep it rolling though we're gonna continue this conversation of tacticals versus ultimates and talk about what kind of defines a legend per se and this is the name of the episode and potentially the most important thing when it comes to understanding what part of a legend's kit defines who they are. Understanding where the power in a legend's kit is, is important to understanding how you're going to play the legend and why you're going to play the legend. Are you going to slide into the role that this legend is meant to be? Or are you going to misunderstand and play a legend because of maybe you really like the character model, but you don't really you know, care for the abilities too much? I think this is kind of why we want to talk about, okay, is it a tactical or an ultimate? Or we'll give the honorable nod to a couple that are passive-led legends. Yeah, I mean, this is an idea that we have been circulating in our minds for since the game released, but since the podcast started 21 months ago. Like, this is an idea (laughs) that we have been thinking about, but honestly, our early conclusion and one that we were adamant about is Mm -hmm. that tacticals is where it is. Legends are defined by their tacticals. And so whenever we were thinking about legend concepts or new legends coming to the game, we were always honed in on the tactical because it's going to have the most power. You're going to use it the most. And it's just where the money is. Mm-hmm. So we did a deeper dive and kind of <laughs> analyzed each legend. And I think that we should talk about each of them here. 
and yeah, sure. whether or not they are defined by their tactical or their ultimate. What's the stronger one? Mm-hmm. What do you use it for? Like, if you're picking a legend, what are they bringing to the game for their team, for themselves? What's the one that rises above? And some of them are contested, but totally. I think we're going to make a judgment call. Well, let's start them with we're going to go what looks like in a pretty nice, nice order right here. And we're starting with Ash. So Ash, we categorized as having a ultimate being her definition as of an ability. And in large part because of the power behind it, the speed and movement in which that comes and the ability to do it for your entire team is very much going to be more impactful than the arc snare, which is a great ability. Don't get us wrong. We are not knocking the other ability of these legends per se. We are just saying, hey, if you're playing this legend, this is going to be maybe the main reason why and what you should be focused on putting into practice most effectively. Yeah, I think the takeaway here is cooldowns are important. Yes, we just Mm -hmm. talked about cooldowns for half an hour, but the travel time in between fights kind of negate a lot of the practicalities of cooldowns. So what defines a legend is what's your go-to? Are you going to yeah. be using your tactical or your ultimate first in most situations? Mm-hmm. Next up, Bangalore. Mm-hmm. Smoke. It's what Bangalore is all about. Papa Smoke, you know? make them broke. Mm-hmm. It's exactly right. She is defined by her tactical 100%. Yep. Next, we got Bloodhound. This one was actually a little interesting, uh, but we ended up going with the tactical as being the defining concept. And I think the the wording we came up with was that you play Bloodhound for the ultimate, but the ultimate is used at best to enhance the tactical. And so because of that, we got to give the nod to the tactical, which is what's going to be most effective and how you should focus on playing the legend. 100% the tactical, you know, team, intel, strongs in the game, easiest to deploy. It's excellent. Next, caustic. This one is the tactical. You know, mm-hmm. both of them are gas. The ultimate and the tactical, both are gas. But you're placing down barrels more often, and they're much more versatile in terms of hiding them indoors, outdoors, different types of strategies in terms of shooting your own gas barrels. This is really what you're going to be using for the most part. Yep, that versatility is awesome. Next, we have crypto. Crypto, guys, it's the tactical. This one's about as easy as they come. You can't use the ultimate unless you have the tactical. I don't know what else to really say. Every single ability in his kit is packed into the tactical, so it's going to define him. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of strength in that ultimate. And you could say the tactical's only existence is to make the ultimate possible. Mm-hmm. But we're really focused on what defines the legend? Like, mm-hmm. what is the essence of that character? And what are you going to be using the most? And obviously, mm-hmm. that's the drone. Next, we have Fuse. And that's going to be the tactical as well. The Knuckle Cluster is what you're going to be doing the most of the time. So it's versatile. It's got a great cooldown. You have two charges. That's the bread and butter of Fuse's kit. Motherload will someday maybe be UI-friendly and usable in all situations. That's the hope. Next, we got Gibraltar. Guys, it's the bubble. The tactical here once again rises to the top, and there's a reason that people practice bubble fights. And if a Gibraltar can perfect their bubble, the placement, kind of like we said earlier, they're going to rise to the top as a really impactful legend. The ult's great. Long, long cooldown. Long cooldown on the tactical too, but it's going to really impact each and every fight 
you're a part of that you have it. Certainly. And a lot like Gibraltar, Horizon comes in defined by the tactical as well. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about how strong that tactical was for team utility, but also the synergy between Horizon's tactical and her passive make it yeah. so much more strong. You know, Horizon is the vertical mobility legend. And really, like Gibraltar, all three abilities are a symphony. You can mm-hmm. use them all so well together. And that's really what I like in Legends when everything can work together in a great flurry of abilities. <laughs> a great flurry. I love it. Next, we have Lifeline. Lifeline is our first Legend that we actually have categorized as defined by the passive. And guys, that's because Lifeline, if you took away the passive, I don't know if anyone would play them. And that's one way we can also look at this one, looking at how you define a legend per se. Incredibly effective, a must pick in arenas for a lot of people. Uh, Lifeline's passive definitely just happens to outshine the long cooldowns of both the tactical and the ultimate, even with the true cooldown of the tack. (laughs) It is what it is. Next up, we have Loba. And Loba is defined by the black market. The ultimate mm-hmm. really reigns true here. You know, you have the individual mobility with the tactical, but there is no doubt in my mind that I myself, Shay, and everybody mm-hmm. else is playing Loba for that incredible ultimate. Yep. That ultimate is amazing. And this was one of those weird ones where we looked at it and we're like, her character model and lore is probably more so defined by the tactical, but her in-game practice is that ultimate, which I think is an interesting balance to walk. And same with our next legend, Mirage, the decoys. You know, we, you know, if you think of Mirage, you think of decoys, you think of bamboozling, that's probably the tactical, but we actually think the ultimate is what defines Mirage because it's going to be the more effective use of bamboozling folks and trying to get away i do think this is one of our close ones though that could uh go either way that there's a strong argument yeah you know just like caustic mirage the entire kit is so blurred Mm -hmm. together you know you have gas you can see through it you have decoys that you know give you abilities it's a bit of a wash, but the mm-hmm. ultimate is really where you maximize that decoy use, and you should be popping it all the time. Totally. That's why you play Mirage, is to press both bumpers. That's <laughs> really the key. Next up, we have Octane. What we've said is the strongest ultimate in the game. The launch mm-hmm. pad defines Octane. Yes, you can stim around doing 10 damage to yourself every time. That's all good and fun. Very applicable. I like playing that. There's a lot of offensive and decent defensive strength and that ability and the tactical, Mm -hmm. but it's the ultimate that just has unrivaled power in my eyes. You know, there are some competitors, the nerfs that have been coming down the last couple of seasons, most Mm -hmm. notably this season with the audio, do make an impact, but it still is cranked up high. And I think that very soon we're going to see Octane take that number one spot back in Mm -hmm. pick rate once the hype settles down around Ash. I agree that most definitely the Octane pad is top tier. We got Pathfinder next. Pathfinder's tactical is going to be what we say takes the dub here, maybe in the ring, because Pathfinder's tactical is the essence of what separates a solid Pathfinder from a great Pathfinder. Anyone can launch a zipline. It's one of the most friendly UIs in the game. It's a simple one to use, but the tactical has such a skill cap on it that using it at its best it's the maybe the largest mobility for a single character in the game that you can get. 
but then using it at its worst, you're going to end up not really going anywhere. So Pathfinder is defined by this tactical, the degree and skill to which you can use it. That's going to be the important part for your success with the set tactical. Certainly. Next, we have my girl Rampart. She's Ooh. defined by that tactical. The amped cover is really where she shines. I wish mm-hmm. more people would use the ultimate. It has strengths, but at the same time, it has weaknesses. The amped cover, when used really effectively, give Rampart and her entire team a serious base of fire. That is essentially why you're playing her kit. Next, we got Revenant. Revenant, we're giving the dub to the ultimate. Guys, you don't hear people complaining all day about a silence, but you do you hear do people not. complaining all day about a totem. And that's really where the power comes. Incredibly difficult to use and requires a high level of team coordination, but is probably the most frustrating and oppressive ability in the game when used at its absolute peak. Next, we have Seer. And Seer has a pretty cool kit across the board, but I think is more defined by the tactical than the ultimate. Just the ability to interrupt, scan behind walls, really, really powerful. And although it's harder to hit than the ultimate, is really where I think Seer can shine and where there mm-hmm. may be opportunity to improve his abilities in the future. Yeah, totally. Next, we got Valkyrie coming in with another passive, actually. Valk's passive is... I don't know. Do we want to call it the best passive in the game? I think it probably is because it gives you the ability to grab height and be mobile without actually using either of the two item slots. And you essentially always have it if you can figure out how to control that cooldown well. It's top tier, no doubt. Free verticality. Yeah, this one really makes us question this idea of it's all about tacticals. Because (laughs) with Valk unparalleled power is packed Mm -hmm. into her passive and she can scan the beacon so it's Mm -hmm. just overwhelming next we have watson and watson is defined by her ultimate you know Mm -hmm. the ability to deny uh different ultimates and ordinance is key and in its current state being able to recharge shields and amplify her tactical abilities it's really really solid you play watson in order to place the ultimate not to dink around with fences Yeah, I mean, it used to be that you had to have the ult to really set up fences. I think they're going in the right direction with giving the fences more power on their own, but it's still not to the point of overtaking the ult as the defining characteristic of her kit. Last but not least, we have Wraith. This is another one. I think it's close between the port and the uh, phase, but we decided to go with the tactical here, the phase, the most notable get-out-of-jail-free card to ever touch Apex Legends. This is the ability that kept her as one of the most picked legends for the entirety of the game's existence. And it's not one that seems to be going away anytime soon. Incredibly powerful. Uh, Use at your own risk and please don't abandon your team wraiths. Please do not. You know, it comes down to just the portal is hard. It's really, Mm -hmm. really hard to use. And I think I'd say the same thing about Ash. And so when you're playing Wraith, you're going to be using the tactical way, way more, and you're going to have a lot more success using the tactical than I think you're going to have overwhelming success with the ultimate. Yeah. Some interesting numbers and our opinion as well. So obviously, like subject to your own opinion, but if you've been following along, uh, this puts the count at 11 legends being defined by their tacticals, which is 58% of the legends, six defined by their ultimates, 32%, and two 
defined by their passives, 10%. I think it's interesting to look at it from that perspective. And, you know, our hunch was, I think, leaning correct, 58. We're nowhere or over 50% there, but maybe not as skewed as we thought it may be. Yeah, it's clear that there's a lot of power and fun mm-hmm. packed into the tacticals, but we're seeing as the seasons progress, as new legends come in, and as buffs come down as well, ultimates and passives are very important. They're not just, you know, that rare thing you get in the end game, and they're not that, you know, useless passive that you never even think about. You know, in some cases, both can completely define how you use them in a fight, in actually when it counts. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, and if we continue to get passives coming in with a million, million abilities in in of themselves, I think we're going to get more of those for sure on the top of this list. But that's Tacticals versus Ultimates. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. I know we had a good time writing this document out and uh, sharing all this information with you. And hopefully True Cooldown is a number that resonates with some folks out there and is one we can continue to come back to in the future when we master Legends and kind of talk about them on release and with balancing changes and such. I think could be a really interesting one especially when you try and compare the two any other last thoughts before we wrap it up with some questions awesome let's dive into some five star questions submitted on apple Podcasts. and if you want your question answered on the show please leave it in the form of a five star review on apple pods and we'll make sure it makes the next episode so first one here is coming from pigman five two or five five two four Found the channel a little while ago, and I've been listening ever since. Me and a few of my friends started playing Apex when COVID started, and I found the channel helpful and entertaining. I'm a Caustic main and a level 250. I was looking for some tips around Caustic and wondering if I should switch my main. I know HB is going to say Gibraltar, and in the past, I have been in Gibby, Bloodhound, Wraith, Path, Fuse, Valk, Mirage. You get the picture. I enjoy mobility, and Recon and Caustic could not be further away from either. Sorry for the long question, and I would be so amazed if this got on the show. I wish you the best of luck with the pod. P.S. again, sorry for the long question. I'm loving the video pod. Good to see you. Good to see you. Love it. Uh, great question, though. Some caustic tips, and uh, who to main, I think, is kind of part of this question as well. Yeah, I think that given what you've said, you tend to jump around a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. and that's completely fine. You know, we think it's completely acceptable to play a lot of legends. We try our best to play as many legends as possible, but you have to have a firm grasp on those abilities in order to be confident and to do well. So jumping around only becomes scary if it's not second nature to use that tactical exactly when you need to use it. That being said, I have some thoughts about Caustic. You know, I think that He's tough. He's really hard. You Mm -hmm. are easily caught in the open. You have Mm -hmm. to be playing those tight quarters, those interior situations, and that's pretty limiting and kind of a hard way to play when you think about your strengths are kind of funneled into a very niche area of Apex. That being said, Caustic's good in the end game, and that's pretty valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that Caustic's ability in the end game influences... His abilities influence the end of a game more than any other legend. And that's kind of crazy that the ult and tacticals can actually win games for you at the end circle. I think Caustic is a really effective legend, but one that is difficult to solo queue, one that is needed to kind of have a team around them that has some mobility to help avoid some of those instances, like you said, getting caught out in the open. Um, Somebody else, I think the the answer I'm giving everyone this season right now on who to play, if you don't know, is Valk. Like the passive's amazing, 
tactical is effective. The ult is absolutely dominant on this map right now. Great legend all around to uh, learn and try and master. Yeah, for sure. Last question for the day coming from Jewel. Started playing Apex since the drop and more recently have started listening to the podcast as a way to pass time during work. And I was going to have a quick question. How would you feel if they switched Mirage from an assault character to a support or a medical character because none of his abilities are really aggressive? They're more trickstery. Man, interesting concept, Jewel. I I would, I mean, obviously switching someone from assault to support or medical isn't a huge deal unless you're going to recon because there's no class mm-hmm. passives for anybody else. So I think there's a good point though, and that maybe he's not the most aggressive legend. And one of the best things about his kit is the ability to res invisibly, which is not aggressive at all. Um, I think if they were going to switch him, I would hope they add something, maybe some more support characteristics into his actual kit if they were going to do so. Uh, but he does dip his toes in both, I guess. Yeah, I, I think I agree with the same line of thought you were on about, I think adding him to recon would make some sense. You know, he has this counterintelligence yeah. kit. Whenever somebody shoots a decoy, you get that ping on the mini map. You know, you kind of see what's going on with his abilities. But at the same time, we're in a game state where we have both Mirage and Ash in the assault class. Yeah. And they both have recon-esque abilities. So. You know, do we need to be handing out the survey beacon to everybody that comes down the road? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But I think the assault class is just is what it is. It's kind of a catch-all, and you're going to see a lot of different types of legends that can be offensive and defensive. Well said. That's going to wrap up the show, everyone. Thank you to our producer of the Third Party 10 who supports us over on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom! Whole squad down. Thank you.